Morning, team. Thank you, Anthony. I loved the competition on GMTV yesterday. I wonder who it was related to, where the question was, you throw your toys out with, A, the bath water, out of your pram, and I thought, well, that's funny, isn't it? And they did it all quite straight-faced. I was beginning to wonder whether or not perhaps one of their presenters had had a queenie fit and gone, well, that's it, I'm not sticking around. You've thrown your toys out with it. I thought it was you to- thrown your toys out with the pram, but then it turned out it was bath water. Anyway, all of that and uh, more from the... Pa- not a great deal in the papers. I got more excited about the Sarah Ferguson story, which shows how quiet it's going to be today. But it is Friday, so that's good news. <laughs> Do it. do it. I've decided. I'm going to do it. Go on, do it. Why not? Lovely to see you. And you. Good luck with the results. Thank you. Have a nice weekend. God, it's like waiting for eternity, isn't it? Waiting for his blood results. God, but you want to come to my doctor? They're really fast. I'm sure yours are just. Perhaps, it, perhaps you, you've got a big, big catchment area. Westminster. Westminster. <laughs> Good luck there. Thank you. It'll be fine. The disappointing bit: finding out you're not ill, <laughs> and then you start going, "What could it be?" And they go, "Well, you're not real." Because Anthony's waiting for his, his, his blood test results. And I, I, I get mine, but he's, he's sort of being... He's, he's being tested for everything. You know, they'll, they'll test for liver functions and they'll test for cholesterol and they'll test for diabetes. What else do they test for? Oh, your thyroid. All these things that they do. And I normally... If, if I do mine on a Thursday, the results are back by the Wednesday. Because there must be a place where they, where they sort of just do blood. And it takes for ages. <laughs> but uh, we know what it is. I was looking through the Sunday Times Rich List. I'm a little bit miffed to discover I'm not on it. I'm a little bit miffed to discover that Ringo Starr is on there with 140 million. Ringo Starr. How did Ringo Starr make 140 million? I mean, as far as I know, he never really wrote that much. He wrote You're 16, You're Beautiful, You're Mine, Photograph, and a couple of other things. Never enough to generate 140 million quid. Oh, and he narrated Thomas the Tank Engine. Chuff, 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 said Thomas. Well, that doesn't bring 140 million. Can you believe it? He's just underneath Sir Tim Rice, who wrote all those things years ago. And it's got a, a, a history with chess and Joseph and stuff like that. And he only gets 140 million. I'm not saying that 140 million is, is anything to be sneezed at, because David and Vic Beckham have got 145, but that's joint. So, in fact, that's the only reason they've actually crept into the list, is because they've got joint money. She hasn't got 145 million. I mean, he, he must generate, I suppose, a bit more. But how much more? I've got no idea. And I didn't know who Clive Calder was, and I suddenly realised, he's not the bloke from the car phone warehouse thing. Is he one of those ones? Or Phones Direct? Or so it must be something to do with, uh, with phones. Cameron McIntosh must be very pleased. 635 million. But if, you, if you've got 635 million, you prob- and then you see somebody above you with 700 million, because Lord Lloyd Webber, they say, has got more, whereas on the other list I've seen, he's got less. They've got him underneath Cameron. And you'd be a mi- bit miffed, wouldn't you, going, well, he's got another 70 million more than I have. How is that possible? And then Roger Amis, I don't know who he is, 120 million. Eric Clapton, 125 million. And Barry and Robin Gibb, all the hits that they've written for hundreds and hundreds of people and all their own hits has only given them 110. That's why I'm a bit miffed that Ringo Starr's got 140. Don't understand how that one works. Anyway, nice to be company. Welcome along to Friday morning. We love Friday morning. I love Friday morning. It's been such a good week this week. The weather's been nice. I didn't find, I've, I was going to buy... Yesterday, some hanging baskets. I went to uh, to a garden centre and they had some hanging baskets. And I looked and I thought, no, these aren't the summer baskets. Too early. So what you're going to end up doing is buying these baskets, which are recently planted up, and they look quite nice, but they're going to be dead in a few months because all the summer basket stuff will come out. And so that's what I'm hoping for. 
So I decided I wasn't going to buy it. Can't find the strawberries hanging up in baskets. I should have bought those weeks ago. But I've got some strawberry plants that I've, uh, I've sort of put into pots, and they look quite good. So I'm a bit happy with that. And, uh, and everything else is good. Everything else is good. People are flying in again. People are finally getting off their holiday islands, having been sort of pushed from pillar to post. And they're all going, we've had enough, you know. But I did laugh at the competition the other day on GMTV. I don't know why it made me laugh. It's only because we had heard yesterday that maybe one or two people down there had, had thrown a bit of a Queenie strop and uh, said, well, that's it, I'm leaving, you know, before you get pushed. Because what I wanted to know is, and here, on, on a different tack completely, I was curious to know if um, if um, uh, Adrian Childs is moving over there to do five days a week and that means the other two presenters, that means Andrew Castle and Ben Shepherd, what would they have been doing what was their role within the station? Or was the Mirror right the other week when they said they'd both been dropped? Because yesterday we told you that apparently the agent of Ben Shepherd said, well, he actually told them that he was, he was not going to renew his contract at the beginning of the year. I thought, well, how did he know about it? I don't think he knew about that. I don't think anybody knew about it, to be honest with you, until they read it in the paper. And then I was thinking, what would his role have been? Would they have then said, all right, Ben, we're going to move you back to entertainment or we're going to do this and that? And then, in order to save face, they let you sort of say, well, actually, I've got other projects coming up. Because I would have thought somebody like Ben Shepherd or his agent, if he had another show coming up, they would then tell you. Because you need as much pre-publicity. I don't think there's anything else coming up at all. Certainly not for Tony Beak, Anton Dubeck. Hole in the wall has been axed, according to the papers this morning. Um, very successful when, when Dale Winton did it. Uh, Tony Beak takes it on, and because he's not a presenter, the audience drops, whoosh, off the end. And so the BBC have said, um, we're not going to really make any more. Now, as the rumour is that he's going to be dropped from Strictly Come Dancing as well, that doesn't leave a lot for Tony Beak. But then I was one of those who, who thought, A, he was an irritant, a little bit, a little bit sugary, a little bit smiley, smiley, Carol Smiley, a little bit the Christine Blakely school of um, of presentation, which I thought was a little bit fake, a little bit Colleen Nolan. You know, they're all on there, on the television. You see them, and Colleen admitted that she hadn't done a genuine smile or laugh for ten years since she'd been on Loose Women. I thought, you don't need to tell me that, love. I can spot it a mile off. I can spot a fake, and you're a fake. And so she sits there looking as though she's interested. I think, you're not interested at all in any of this. You'd rather be at home necking it with a bottle or something, you know, anywhere than sitting down, having to dress up and have your hair done looking a bit rough at the moment, and, uh, and having an intelligent conversation. But then Denise, well, she can't shut up. She gets on the Loose Women panel. Every time I turn over, you know, there she is, gobby, off at one again. You think, shut up, shut up. 84850, uk. That's your access to the programme this morning, which is terribly exciting. And uh, we read all your texts and emails between now and 7 o'clock. So the, the, so the, the, the competition question on GMTV was... You throw your toys out with... And I thought that was such a funny quiz question to have on the day that it's been announced that Adrian Charles was going and other people are, are not staying anymore, which is a little bit worrying, I suspect. Uh, Nick in Twickenham, he says, uh, I haven't seen you since you and Graham helped me photograph a boat by the ferry at Marble Hill, because he was the one who made the advert with um, the, the yoghurt. You know? You know the yoghurt on the television? The yoghurt advert on the television, you know, the yoghurt advert, which has got... No, fromage fray. No, not fromage fray. I can't remember which yoghurt. Is it Danon? Mmm, Danon. I love that one. Mmm, <laughs> Danon. I can't remember what yoghurt is now. I've forgotten. It's Tif Tiffany from, from EastEnders does it. 
It's Activia. Oh, that's right. Because he was the producer on that and he was looking for doing a boat and then they decided not to do a boat as well. But he says, uh, just browsing the LBC website, I was drawn to the photos of your Christmas decorations as you started talking about them generally from May onwards. Please feel free to give me a call for this Christmas as I feel there is room for improvement. Cheeky soul. It's not nice. They were, they were, the, they were the best ones that Pound Shop had to offer. I like those. Very happy. So, I did... I think I spent £9 once in, in Poundland. I practically bought the shop of Christmas decorations. Tinsel. I could, I could work in a tinsel factory. I could, can you imagine working in a factory that just makes Christmas things? Oh, God, that would just be so fantastic. Uh, Sarah Ferguson, according to the paper state, she's not doing very well with managing her money, but there again, Sarah Ferguson was never much good at anything, I'm afraid. Quite good at being with the same bloke for 26 years, or 13 years. And skiing. Is she good at skiing? Does she do... Yeah, she does seem to ski a lot. She doesn't actually seem to do anything, does she? Except when she sort of turns up on television programmes, people bow and scrape to her. Got no idea why. No idea why. She gave her address as still living with Prince Andrew. That's an odd relationship, isn't it? But uh, anyway, so she's being sued, apparently, according to the paper today. And every time they sue and they get it as far as the court, another ten grand arrives in. She's obviously finding it very difficult to earn money. And you have to ask yourself the question, what do they do with their money? You know, every time we read about Kerry Katona's got no money left. Well, good. Good. Because I've got no idea where these people put their money. Well, Kerry Katona's case is up her nose, I know. But, I mean, other people, you earn millions. How do you, how do you just get rid of it? If somebody gave Jess millions or me, we'd know how to handle it. We wouldn't go out there wasting it, would we? We wouldn't sort of, you know, buy silly things. And yet Kerry Katona, biggest waste of space on the planet, has now moved into a rented house... And somebody said, but what's she doing for a living? I don't know. What does she ever do for a living? Poked her tongue out at um, at people, you know, people who are going to take a photograph of her. I don't know that. As you're a man of all knowledge, says Stephen Lisa, how do they weigh ships? Um, they, <laughs> they, they know what they weigh to start with, and they've got lines on the front of the ship. They've got little marks. So, in other words, they can see how far down in the water it goes... And that tells them what the, what the weight of the ship is. I mean, you can actually lift ships out into dry dock, but not the size of some of these things. Lorries, as you say, you, you drive onto a weigh bridge, and that's a giant set of scales. Uh, but in, in the case of a ship, it's got marks. So they know what, what the ship is, unladen, and then they know what it is, laden. I think that's how it works. So somebody will now write in and go, that's not at all right. But then I love things like that. Always makes me laugh, because I'm never wrong. I mean, so, I sometimes, I desperately, I start the week and I think, I'd so love to be wrong at least once this week, and I'm never wrong. And it's almost embarrassing. Do you remember the other day, we, we, we had a discussion with the producer about something on the programme, and she swore blind it was that Keith Chegwin, I, I said, you know who, who Keith Chegwin's sister is? And she said, no, and I said, name this person. She went, no, it's not. No, it's not. I said, yes, it is. And she went, no, it's not. She said, you're wrong. She said, finally, you're wrong. So, of course, she checked it on the internet and discovered I was right again. <coughs> And she's been paying ever since. Quarter past five is the time. It's LBC. It's Friday morning. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. And you're very welcome. These are the headlines. Polls following the second leaders' debate show a virtual dead heat between Nick Clegg and David Cameron, with the Prime Minister trailing in third place. Part of Oxford Street to reopen following a small electrical explosion in a shop opposite Bond Street tube late last night. And forecasters predict this weekend will have the warmest temperature of the year so far. It's the marathon on Sunday. Let's have a check on the state of the roads. It's Jay Louise. Thank you very much, Steve. Good morning. Well, in Camden Street. 
Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. 17 minutes past five. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. So the good news is that uh, Tony Beak, they've dropped from that uh, hole-in-the-wall programme. Very successful with Dale. Uh, I think he got out at the right time. Big audience of six million. And then uh, Tony Beak took it down. You know why? Because no, people don't like him. He, people do not like him. We've got people on television who we like. One or two... I mean, I'm never wrong on this. Because I can always guarantee a programme that won't work. You watch Adrian Childs. He's in for a four-year deal at GMTV. If he's there for four years, I'll eat the studio single-handedly. I'm telling you, he won't last because he's got to get up at the crack of dawn. And for people who get up very early in the morning, it's, it's in your psyche. Nick Abbott apparently said on air the other day, he said, I'll never do overnights on LBC again. He can't cope with the, with the timing. And you said, well, I mean, I did uh, about 18 years of overnights on LBC. Yes, look, look how ill I am. <laughs> Actually, I said that to a friend of mine the other day. I said, do you know, I said I did, you know, when I first started LBC, I did um, Night Extra during the week, and then Hugh Williams left, and I did Weekend Night Extra over the weekend. And I said, didn't affect me. He said, no, but look how ill you are now. He said, heart problems, major diabetes, no thyroid. I said, yeah, <laughs> yes, and an addiction to Christmas. What's going on? What's happening? I feel very sorry, though, for Vicky Harrison. Vicky Harrison was was a very successful young lady. She had uh, she had lots of um, A levels. She was very bright. She couldn't get a job. She tried everywhere. She tried everywhere, and uh, she eventually uh, went on Job Seekers Allowance, fifty one pounds a week. She asked supermarkets such as Tesco, W H Smith, McDonald's. Couldn't get anything. 200 jobs she tried for. Couldn't get any of them. And you have to ask yourself the question, 200, how could you not get a job out of 200 jobs? I know that it's, it's the person... In the end, she killed herself. Because she said that she just couldn't get a job and she said that... She said, don't, don't be sad. She said, it's just that I don't want to be me anymore. And she said, I want you all to be happy. Now, I, I then suddenly realised that by writing, it's just that I don't want to be me anymore, that she was disturbed... Because you do not go out there and just take your own life unless there's something the matter. Everybody gets rejection. God knows, you know, the amount of people that I hear from who say, well, I tried for this and I didn't get it. And, oh, I can't be. And you say, come on, come on, you can do it. You've just got to pick yourself up, dust yourself down, start all over again. And she couldn't do it. So I think somewhere there was an imbalance. And in the because she had a boyfriend, parents who loved her. And in the end, she would rather cause their misery than anything else. Because at the end of the day, your parents will always help you out and they'll do stuff for you. But she chose to... And I always think that killing yourself or suicide is just a coward's way out. Because it leaves... It's fine for you. Great for you. But causes sheer bloody misery for the people left behind who can't understand why, you know, a genuinely bright, bubbly person takes their own life. They have to live with that for the rest of their life now. She's... You know, the misery is taken away from... You know, for her. And I think that's why it's just terribly, terribly sad. Her father says, in the end, it obviously got to her to such a point she felt she had no future. You've always got a future. There's always something. You might have to wait a little bit longer, but there's always something around the corner. God knows, you listen to enough depressed people who phone radio stations. And when we talk to Beverly Callard in a few weeks' time, uh, you'll see that she actually fought off depression because she accepted it was a problem and she had somebody to speak to. Nobody talks to anybody nowadays. Sometimes people say, yeah, people text. And some, sometimes people who haven't got a phone don't text. So it becomes, you know, an absolute pain, I suppose, for you, really. I'll cheer you up with the weather, though. And that's because if, if I say it's going to be a lovely weekend, Richard tells me it's warming up after a chilly start. Dry, 
with plenty of sunshine. 16 degrees, currently 5. Sunset, 8.08. Tonight, dry and clear, but chilly. Low, 5 centigrade. Sunrise, 5.46. Tomorrow, even warmer. Dry and sunny again. And uh, Sunday, the London Marathon, overcast at times. Chance for a few showers. Feeling very warm, virtually no breeze. 20 degrees. Double it and add 30. So that's 40 at 70 degrees on Sunday. Not exactly good marathon weather, but they will pound the streets. I'd love to do the marathon, but, I mean, to be honest with you, I only have to think about uh, exercise and immediately have to go and have a lie down and have a large vodka, because there's no point in putting yourself through sheer hell, is there? You don't want to do things like that. Uh, a lot of people cruising back in style at the end of what they call is a nightmare. Why is this a nightmare? You go on holiday, OK, people crave a holiday. OK, they crave a holiday. They go on holiday for a week and then somebody goes, you can't fly back, you've got another week. And they go, whoopee, no, not this lot. This load of whinging Brits go, well, I want to go home. What do you go on holiday for then? You know, they go, the end of a nightmare. What nightmare was it? Were you caught up in a storm? Did the plane crash? No, you sat in your hotel for two weeks. I'm sick to death of whinging bloody Brits aboard. Oh, it's in- we're home. Oh, we're so grateful. I feel like standing up at the airport all the time again. Have you just back from holiday? Yeah, we just had two weeks in Marbella. What was it like? Oh, we're so grateful to be home. We just love being home. I know. And then most of them come back on cruise ships. They've never been on cruise ships before. And to be honest with you, I don't think you'd really want these sort of people on cruise ships. And all they do is, oh, it's great, isn't it, this and that. You know, it's been hell for us. What, having an extra week on holiday? Why would that be hell? Getting a free cruise home? Richard Hakea said to me, if somebody said to me... Right, you, you, you've got an extra week's holiday where you are. He said you'd be going whoopee. Not this load of whinging bloody Brits. Oh, no, it's terrible. Let's get us out of this nightmare. What nightmare? You're on holiday. It's sunny. Have a drink. Put your feet up in a sun lounger. Wear a kiss me quick hat and buy a stick of rock. Now shut up. Bored with it about people who moan about everything all the time. God, wouldn't catch me moaning about things. Ridiculous. I never moan about anything. Uh, Barbara reckons Ringo worth 140 invested wisely. He was the least talented of the Beatles, Barbara. You know, I mean, to be honest with you, he came in much, much later. He was the least attractive, let's face it. And, uh, and worth £140 million on the strength of Thomas the Tank Engine and a couple of albums. I don't understand how you could invest it wisely in what? I mean, I invest wisely. I'm nowhere near 140 Or £120 million I've got. But, I mean, you know, it's, it's not near 140 And Exactly, and that's just what I've invested in the Mars factory. <laughs> I love this story of the couple in the paper today. They, they thought they'd actually throw away, you know, this old suitcase they had, so they took it into a charity shop. Charity shop opened it, sold all the contents. It was only then that the family realised this was the family treasure, worth a small fortune. By that time, it was too late. It had been flogged. Didn't get it. It was in the case, yeah. Because some people... Well, I'll tell you later. I'm not going to tell you exactly now what was in... I've got to find the story again. But it's all terribly exciting. I love stories like that. People say, I took it into a charity shop and then... Uh, and then and, and, we, and, and they, they sold it. You thought, well, that's what you took it to the charity shop for. Why do people express surprise? Two other dipsticks turned up the other day, uh, this time to, um, to lunge at John Prescott again. They turned up at John Prescott. They're quite clearly deranged. You remember the other day we had the 16-year-old plank who threw an egg at Cameron. You think, are you stupid? The answer is yes, he is. And there's another two people here. You know, absolute fury at John Prescott. Who are these people? What are they, the stupids? There's a picture of Tory Nutters 2. That's what they appear to be, I'm afraid. These saddos out there. God in heaven. Here, here is the couple, OK? They took a briefcase to a charity shop, but it contained priceless treasures. And the priceless treasures were... You'll love this one. The time they realised the mistake, the shop had sold the case and binned the possessions. Because they were only priceless to them. They included... Mr. Smith's medals, 
wedding photos and pictures of him in the Navy, as well as wills and life insurance documents. They handed in the case with a pile of other belongings to a British Heart Foundation store. A spokesman for the store in Boreham Wood said they would have been destroyed and said, we're all very upset it's happened. Mrs Smith from St Albans says, we don't know if anyone has our personal information. As for the naval and wedding photographs, we'll never replace them. That's the trouble, isn't it? But if you... I mean, how many people... I don't want to be rude to these Smiths, who are probably a lovely couple, but you don't just take a briefcase in without opening up, do you, and seeing what's in it. I mean, if, if I've got a bag at home, or I've got, I've got a briefcase here, I mean, I wouldn't just hand it into a charity shop, go, I don't need the briefcase. I would go through it to see what's in it. I would just hand it over. Who was the dipstick in the family who handed it over to the British Art Foundation? Come on. Oh, dear, I have to sort out life for everybody now. It's just ridiculous, just ridiculous. Uh, other stories of the... Pa- oh, I'll tell you what I saw the other day on the telly. What did I say? Oh, that's right, people trying to work out why Adrian Charles gets a good audience, because he's not very good. And the reason he gets a good audience on the one show, and it's about five million, and he's plummeting down to a million for GMTV, poor soul, is that uh, the competition is non-existent. There is no competition at that time. And most women who are doing tea, they're getting tea ready for the kids. They turn on the telly. They don't want to watch Ian Wright because he's, he's a plank. And those two stupid bimbo types who he has with him who really are just ghastly. The whole programme is ghastly. And, uh, and you, you want to watch Adrian Charles, mainly because you sort of sit there watching somebody who talks like this. And, and falling asleep. And Christine Blakely and Dean tits. And, uh, and, and it's just awful. But, the, but they put people on there, and at least you get all the celebrities. When Ian Wright gets them, you get Phil Tufnell, hardly a major celebrity in my book. That's probably the best that they can get. Everybody else is sort of saying, oh, I don't want to put him up on that show, thank you. I see they've actually given Colin Murray hosting Match of the Day 2. He's replacing Adrian Childs. He hosts sporting panel show Fighting Talk on some other radio station and has anchored the BBC's World Darts Championships coverage. So riveting, excitingly, there. Good news there for Colin Murray, another one of the most boring presenters on the television. But something about people who do sport, I don't want to be rude about them, because I, I do know a lot of people who do sport, but uh, they're generally... It's the only branch of, of, uh, of journalism where you do get all the nerds doing it. It's, it's a bit... Ner- I mean, I'm being nice, but it is a bit nerdy. They're actually doing something. They haven't learnt it. They had, it's, it's anoraki, yeah. Falaraki, anoraki. You know, they're a, bit, they're a bit like that because they understand about football and the offside rule and, you know, different... Fo- I mean, I wouldn't have the faintest idea. So it would be more entertaining if I learnt about sport than it would if... Because they all do it. It's like if they had... What? Yes, exactly. Oh, look, there's a man with the ball, man with the ball. Man. Oh, his hair's messy. Oh, look, oh, his, oh, his, oh, his shorts are filthy. Get off, get off, go and get them washed. Oh, he's fallen down. Oh, shame. Oh, somebody's kicked the ball in the net. Hurrah! OK, right, let's do it again. And, so, and then, so having kicked the ball in the net, which I thought was the whole basis of football, they then take it back to the middle and start all over again to try and kick the ball in the net. I mean, I'd much rather watch people throwing things from the crowds, like bottles and attacking each other. And so, That's far more entertaining. God, if you don't know what you're talking about. You get all that kind of stuff, don't you? I'm quite worrying then, actually. Some of these, these people, very strange, very strange. So, I mean, I did do a, a sporting programme on LBC. Much, much to my embarrassment, but I managed to keep it going for three hours. I didn't know anything about sport. I freely, anybody who listens to this program will tell you I know more about Christmas and the Easter Bunny than I do about sport. I know nothing. I couldn't even pronounce some of the sporting. I do know though that some of these sporting people. I mean, I know that they all get themselves into trouble because uh, they've sort of either slept with page-free stunners, who've sold the story, or they've made fil- films, or they've done things like that. I saw one the other day with a. Somebody said to me, did you know that this particular footballer made it? A very famous footballer. And, uh, and he'd been filmed having X with a couple of old brass things on a bit with two other footballers. And I'm thinking, 
Oh, and now he's going out with somebody famous. And I'm thinking, oh dear, I wonder if the new girlfriend knows about that. Anyway, far be it for me to mention any names on this programme. My lips are sealed. Plus, who's Jana Bennett? She's very powerful, she's in television, and she makes decisions that will probably affect your viewing habits. London's biggest conversation. Morning, everybody. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. It's LBC 97.3 and it's 5.30. Morning, everybody. 24 minutes to uh, 6 o'clock. Jana Bennett is the BBC boss. She's the master of Doctor Who, calls the tune on Strictly. And it's Jonathan Ross's boss, and now she's answering your questions. But they haven't answered, actually, any... There's no particular interesting questions in here at all. You know, all we want to know is... Uh, when are you all moving out and can we turn the place into flats? I, I don't care about anything else at all. I'm not interested in whether or not people think that the BBC is sexist and ageist. I'm not remotely interested in that. People get jobs on merit now. Couldn't give a flying forex whether you're 190 or 25. Makes no difference at all. I didn't get this job on my age. You know, someone didn't say, I tell you what, let's give it to Steve Allen because he's, cause he's only 38. Doesn't work like yeah, that. Yeah, but age does, does bring benefits. What? Well, I mean, it's experience. Mm. And lots of people, you know, shouldn't turn people away because they're older. I mean, I know lots of people... I don't want to work with unattractive people. I've said that to them before. It's in my contract. You will only work with attractive people, John. I'm, I will not have it. <laughs> That's why I'm here. Like, I've had... Well, you're here on a licence. <laughs> but, I mean, I've, I've had unattractive people before. A licence to kill, I may have you know. You see this pen? It has a bullet inside it. Mm. I, just, I just don't want to... I think if you work in radio... Mm-hmm. You should be allowed to work with attractive people. You should be allowed to be mm. as well. But isn't it, isn't it that same old thing that, you know, you've got a wonderful face for radio? Yeah. That's what Gary Bushell said to me once. I thought I'm the man rude. who looks like Popeye's friend Bluto. Exactly. <laughs> How wonderful. <laughs> Miles in Bristol said you're absolutely right regarding ships having marks on the hull to determine the weight. It's called the Plimsoll Line. See? Uh, I knew uh, I was right. I must admit, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm very impressed by that. I was listening to that. Yeah, I, I, I thought... well, I knew that from years ago. And that's, <clears throat> that, you're right about age. You see, with age, you learn things. Of course you do, you see. You wouldn't have known that if you were 18. No. Wouldn't have wanted... I'd, I'd be more interested in how many calories are in a pot noodle. Not. You don't eat pot noodle. I don't eat pot noodle. <laughs> I don't eat anything like that. But, that. but that's what comes with age. It's experience. It's life experience. I can talk about anything. Yes. Anything. It's like any, anything that you do. Like me, when I was 18, I didn't know very much. I probably didn't even know where Mallorca was. No. Now I have discovered where it is. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't know anything at 18. We thought we knew... You but think you did? We didn't actually yeah. know anything at all. I mean, there are some people who are very, very clever at 18. Well, who? Name me one. I can't think of anyone because I don't Jessie, know anyone who's 18. Down, Jess. Put your hand down. Okay. Okay. <laughs> She's 18 that. and a half. She's got a half a year's <laughs> 18 more and three experience. quarters. <laughs> very important three quarters. Mm. Mm, sorry. Now, you said earlier. I had to eat an orange. What are you eating? An orange. I had to have some You're orange. Topping up your vitamin C. Mm. Should you be eating that in your condition? I, I just need to... I, I don't want to get scurvy. <laughs> what, for the ship that may have not been I'm weighed? I'm for the ship. <laughs> because I'm painting the Plimsoll line today. <laughs> I'm doing the underwater bits. You sure you're not going to Santander and then bringing the, bringing the poor no, people back? they've just come from Santander, Yes, I know. Isn't that the place that's got all the Lego? Santander? Yeah, I've seen the advert on the television. They, they build bridges out of Lego, I'm sure. I've seen it with Lewis Hamilton and people like that sitting by the side of the bridge. Isn't it? I don't think so. Am I so. facing the right way or something today? I don't Am know. I talking into the microphone? Hello? <laughs> you might know how to wave ships, <laughs> but do leave the cities of the world out of it. Oh, well. Okay. <laughs> hmm. When you were talking earlier about the people and 
them saying, oh, this is terrible, you know, I've been away for two weeks and a half a day or yeah. something like that. There was one woman, I don't know who she was or where she was, but she was sitting at some airport or some railway station somewhere and she was crying to the camera saying, oh, we've been on holiday and now my son misses me desperately. And I thought like saying, would you go away and leave him behind then for? Yeah. If he's going to miss you First and right, How do you been away? But away. Three days. Three days. Oh, get over yourself. For goodness sake. They should be so lucky. So, someone said, my grandmother's stuck in Mauritius. And I said to them, lucky for her, I'm stuck in Camden Town, my sorting it all Enid out. has gone to the Pyrenees. <laughs> now, we deliberately took her there and left her there. We don't want her coming back. I know, you're so cruel. Well, we have to do it. And making her go up on a donkey. I know. Well, sorry for the donkey. It's not its last legs. It can't come back She's down. going for her incontinence period, but we haven't told the donkey this. We thought we'd save it <clears> as a surprise. <laughs> I do have but a why nice... would they complain? You go away for two weeks' holiday, and all right, you're there a few extra days. Get over <laughs> it. My lovely uh, lady, I don't think I told this story last week, because I don't think I knew about sorry. it, but my lovely lady, right. client, Lillian, oh. who's right. stunning, and she was away with her two daughters and her friend, and they were in uh, the Far East for, for Easter holidays. And so last week, they got to the airport and got on the plane, and they flew for six and a half hours, mm. and then the captain said, ladies and gentlemen, she told me this story because she got back yesterday. She said, ladies and gentlemen, I've got some very bad news for you. And she said, for a moment, there was this kind of thing on the plane like, oh, we're going to die. We're going to die. We've got a terrible engine problem or something. And, so, and then he came back and he said, we can't continue our journey because European airspace is closed, but we've got to go back. So she flew another six and a half hours, 13 hours in the air, got back to Singapore, and the airline were very, very good to her. And anyway, there was that was it. So she then had to go and get her own hotel. First of all, she said, oh, some of those hotels. She said, I went to the desk and she said, um, the gentleman said to me, you need how many rooms? She said, I'll, I'll do two rooms. And she said, and start at the top, please. She said, I thought, I'll just go for the most expensive hotel I can find. She said, anyway, she said, all of them were full. To the middle range I got a room. She said, terrible place. She said, I wasn't staying there. She's very high ground. My <laughs> anyway, she eventually, she, uh, they, they found a very nice hotel very near to the, to the airline office so they could go in every day and check yeah. the status. And she got back yesterday and she said, when we got to the airport to come home, she said, we've got confirmed reservations on this flight. Because we were the first flight that had been, the first passengers that had been caught up in this thing, we were the first ones back, Singapore Airlines had given them all stickers to say, high-priority passenger, they were the first people affected, they must get on the plane first. So she get there, she said, they checked me in, and about ten minutes later they came up and said, I'm sorry, we're bumping you off today, we're overbooked. Bumping you off? Bumping you off. That's the same as giving you the bumps for your birthday. <laughs> yes, it's very similar, but you bumping don't have quite you off, so many. Bumping you off, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but she, she, anyway, so she just said, I don't think so. Have you seen my sticker? It says I have oh. got to get on. Anyway, she got business class. Oh, that was All good. the way home. And on the new Airbus, the new nice. double-decker with a room. Well, Lovely. there's a horrendous story coming uh, and reaches my ears from <coughs> Florida. From Florida. And oh, thank you, Steve, Steve the Bouncer. I've got you down as Steve Bouncer, I'm afraid. He sent me a picture of his... I'm assuming it's his, his dog. It looks quite ferocious, oh, it actually. It is, yeah. It's quite ferocious, dog. It? Well, that's him, actually. There's, there's, <laughs> it's not the dog at all. Anyway, couple and their, their children go, go to Florida. Mm. On holiday. Quite, quite normal for a lot of Brits. They're in the papers today. Well, they're not because they haven't found out who they are yet. And and they tell the hotel, don't want to be served by any blacks. Ah, I read the story. And the hotel went, um, right. And the waiter, who is uh, from Haiti, mm. was taken off serving them at their table. 
and he's now suing the hotel. Well, I've never heard of this in my life. I've never heard of anybody going to a hotel and saying... Apparently, they, they were on a... That the hotel computer is very, 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 very prejudiced. Yeah, I think that They're entry was who this, who put this... in. I think that entry was put in by the hotel company when they checked in and they said, "I don't want to." And it wasn't just I've people of, of colour; it was anybody with an accent. That's right. Didn't want anybody, anybody, nobody with foreign, colour, nobody foreign, nobody with an accent. But they're British. These people. Oh, well, the, the papers are now saying, "Do you know this family?" Yeah, they're going to find them. They aren't will they? find them. Mm. They will find them. I mean, it's, I've never heard. They of must that. be quite well off because that's a very, very expensive hotel. Yeah, but there's a lot of very dodgy people staying <laughs> very, very expensive hotels, as we know. <laughs> yes. There you go. Sean saw uh, Roy Hudd at Brick Lane yesterday. Masterclass in entertainment, along with Vincent Hayes. Good. Uh, gross tonnage is 100 cubic metre permanently enclosed space. Displacement is weight of water. Vessel displacement is used mainly by the Navy. Thank you. Uh, Rob has just got into coach trip. It's just finished, actually. What a bunch of revolting people. I don't watch this. Oh, work. God. This time around, they were dreadful. Do love Brendan. Uh, hide of a rhino, says Rob, having to put up with these uh, people. And James and Surrey says, nice to hear fellow grumpy, a fellow grumpy fellow complain about celebrity culture. Thank you for making me laugh every morning. Well, there you go. Happy St George's Day. And Nick says, a perfect impression of Ringo Starr narrating Thomas the Tank Engine. Joof, 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 says yes. Thomas. He might have invested in property. You see, He'd you have know, to have done to get 140 <clears throat> million. But, you know, they're, they're not... those. Money that—that's all made up. Half of that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they don't. The people that are in that list don't send in their bank statements. And say, "Hello, look at my bank statement." No, but what a lovely? lot of the, these people have got are foundations, yes. and those would be open to public scrutiny. You would know how much money would be in 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 various forms of uh, property. But, but it's not. Yeah, but if they've got a foundation, yeah. the foundation is for charity. It's not for them to go and buy themselves a new shirt. No, most of them don't have liquid cash. In other words, uh, when, when it's got, say, Dave and Vic Beckham, 145 million, they can't get their hands on 145 million. That's what they They're, reckon yeah. the business brand Beckham is worth. Yes, including their property, their house yeah. in France, the, in, in England. Yeah. I, sh- I don't think they own the one in California. Most no, people rent it, yes. They just lease it, don't they, yeah. for a couple of years. But it's, it's interesting. Well, that picture of uh, her in the paper yesterday, on the duck with no clothes oh, on. Just awful. Whatever well, she got paid for that. Even Amanda went, oh, that's so wrong on oh, so many different so levels. Oh, it's so awful. It I looks know. just terrible. Apparently it was for um, an edition, a, a magazine which for was German about jeans. But yeah. je- for jeans. Yeah. And she's not wearing any jeans. No, very, very airbrushed. Very much. I didn't know, Barry, thank you, that Ringo <clears> didn't write your 16. Johnny Burnett had the original hit, written by Robert and Richard Sherman. Maybe Ringo's money is from the Apple Corps. I don't think so. I'm, I'm, I've had to find out more now. I'm, I'm intrigued by this. I'm intrigued as to, <laughs> as to where his, uh, his money comes from. Uh, well, well, are you not sure that um, when, because they were yeah. all quite young and they all were doing the Beatles at the time, that there wasn't some contract yeah. that said that um, he, you know, he would get a, a percentage of the royalties of the Beatle music, even though he didn't write it? It wouldn't all go to Lennon and McCartney, would it? Well, they would get the majority because they wrote yeah, everything. But, but, but at those times, you know, contracts were completely different, perhaps. Yeah. Brian Epstein was their manager, wasn't he, at the time? Yes, I don't know how that worked. That's Steve, Steve the Bouncer's new wife, he says. <laughs> Very grumpy. Very grumpy. Obviously waking her up far too early in the morning. <laughs> Probably sitting in the cab with him, I should imagine. <laughs> he says, uh, friendly as hell, it's Stanley, a British bulldog. Stanley. Stanley. Oh, you haven't, you haven't seriously Lovely. called a dog Stanley. Tell me, in God's name, you haven't, please. That is shit that's just been on yeah, the news. Yeah, that was a new one, isn't it? Yeah, it looks like a block of flats. It do- well, it looks it's like so the world. Ugly. Because what not, they do is they just build up, 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 up. They're not they? attractive, actually. Not like the old liners. Yeah. You know, the, the, the original Queen Mary. Proper, yeah. Proper shit. And the Titanic. That with was a one point of my at the front. 
Yes, a point. We like that. Very interesting. They're, they're talking here about um, anybody with smoke alarm burning the toast. You yeah. know, the smoke alarm tells you. Beep, 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 beep. And admit you're standing under it. <laughs> trying to blow the smoke away. Yes. Not on London Underground. Tens of thousands of commuters have suffered on a few occasions now. We're phoning up Bob Crow later to find out what he's got. He's certainly got enough stuff to talk about the rest of the time. At the moment, it's his members causing disruption to millions. Uh, mainly because they were making toast at King's Cross. Mm. They twice caused fire alerts by letting bread burn in a toaster. On both occasions, firemen were called, commuters evacuated for 20 minutes because of stupid staff making toast. Yeah. Well, I can't make toast in this studio. <laughs> We're not even allowed a toaster in the building. No, what buffoon not. down at King's Cross, Bob, sweetie pie, allows them to have a toaster? Especially with King's Cross history. Exactly. All the, all the people that died well, in the fire. 31 people back in uh, 87, I think, 86, 87. But ridiculous. And so we all suffer, you know, because mm. of that. I'm not allowed a toaster. I can't even bring in an implement to plug in here without it being approved by our, our technical boys. Quite right, too. Because all, all the plugs are different. They're all marked. Yeah, they're all And everything's got plugs. a little sticker. I got a fright the other day. You know when you... you um, I, go to, I, go, I go to collect the post, and in there you got my post, and this and that. And then there's a thing saying, we tried to deliver a registered letter. Mm. And all I'm thinking is, what registered letter? Who would be sending me a registered letter? And so I'm is looking at it... to at home it, or to here? To home. All oh, right. And I'm thinking, who would send me a registered letter? Why would, why would I have a registered letter? New credit card. That's the... F well, my friend Graham said, probably a credit card. And I remember two, two weeks ago, I got a thing saying that Maestro is going and it's going to be Visa Debit. Yes, I've got that. And they said, we'll be sending that to you. But then I have to... So I thought, I wonder if it's that. Yes. Because it can't be anything else. Oh, you I haven't collected it yet? No, I, when you've got, because you've got to late, wait 24 hours. So I'll collect it today. Yeah. When I go back, I've got to go to the chemist to drop my empty pillbox. It's all going on today. <laughs> And then I've got to go to the post office. I'll do the post office first, and then I'll go to the chemist. You know, you live such a glamorous life. I'm so stressed. I'm, I'm surprised, surprised you're I'm... not in that rich list. What, me? Yes. <laughs> shares in a chemist. Oh, actually, shares in a chemist. I'd love shares in a chemist, but I'd have to get somebody to do it for me. What, do all the work? Well, I don't know anything about... Thing. I'd just like to point me... Good morning, good morning, hello. Well, that's what hello. you could be a shopkeeper. Yeah. But then you have people who and do Well, in, in my chemist, they do have the bottles of coloured water in the window. It's so lovely, isn't it? Goods in, in Twickenham. And they've got mm. all the... The shelves are groaning with things you've never even heard of. You ointments. Know, if, ointments and, and tubes. And, and you go, mm. wow. And you just stand there and look at it all and go... That's nice. You just go and you think, I wish I had a bunion so I could buy some. Yeah, because it comes in really nice packets mm. and everything. And you think, I'll get some bunion cream. Or, you know, sometimes I just buy something for the sake of buying something. Well, we know that. And normally in, in, in a, a gross oh, of it. I know. I'm t you're quite, you're normally quite mad. Buy Sorry? You're quite mad. But the light bulbs went down well. Oh, I've good. given to all my friends for Christmas. I asked my brother it's yesterday. Christmas. I said, do you want some light bulbs? He said, um... I might. He said, Marion might want some. He said, how many have you got? Oh, 130. <laughs> and uh, he said, 130. You know those light bulbs are up on the desk in the green boxes? Help yourself. They're the long-life light bulbs. They I mean, the trouble is you put one in, it goes for ten years, it'll see me out. <laughs> on all of us out. But they were only 10p, so I bought hundreds. I think you should get a little stall here in Leicester Square after the <laughs> programme. I just want to go and hand them out to people. I, I mean, I did leave them down by our lift. In the box, and I was going to put a sign on it saying, please help yourself, and I was very pleased to discover when I came back the other day that they'd all gone. And I thought, that's, that's really good. No, the cleaners put them in the cleaning cupboard. Yeah. <laughs> and we don't even use bulbs like this. Oh, headlines. Oh, yeah, wait a minute. Um, yes, headlines. Should we do the headlines? Yes, yes. do the headlines. Okay, let's do them now. 
These are the uh, main stories, opinion polls after last night's second leaders' debate. Can't agree who came out on top. Three different surveys suggest Nick Clegg did best, while two put him and David Cameron level with Gordon Brown trailing. Part of Oxford Street had to be closed last night after a small electrical explosion at a shop near a Bond Street tube. And Simon Cowell's seen his fortune rise by more than £40 million to £165 million in the last year, which puts him at number 11 in the Sunday Times' rich list of music millionaires. Check on the state of the roads. Jay Louise. Thank you very much, Steve. Well, in Maribyrn, New 7.3. Morning, they do them for the other one as well. Oh, really? Yeah, they do. I want yeah. one of those. Yeah, you Just can get in one. case. I know, it's stuff you can get now. Uh, nice to be company. Over on the Isles of Scilly... <gasps> Lovely where place. Where they, they... I know, they have uh, one set of traffic lights. OK, mm. I'm just... I'm giving you the facts now, because it makes, you know, what I'm going to tell you seem even more stupid. There are 600 cars on the Isle of Scilly, but there are more than 600 boats. Last year, recorded burglaries were... Oh, zero, I would think. Six. Yes, yeah, Six burglaries low. on the Isles of Scilly. Uh, how many incidents of vehicle crime? None. <laughs> this is a place we all want to go and live. This is Perfect. beginning to sound like utopia. Uh, how many police officers cover the 150 islands? 20. Three. <laughs> Three. <laughs> how many species of plant? 20,000. Yes. Now, Jay Louise, love the Scilly <laughs> Isles, don't drive there because they finally brought in a speed gun. Nobody no speeds. They brought in, I don't know. I don't know. It's the most stunning place. I love life. the idea that there is... See, what I would like, I'd like... Oh, excuse me. Oh, OK. I'd, oh, okay. Uh, I'd like to own a hotel or, or a tea shop mm. on the Silly Isles at the front by the harbour where elderly ladies and gentlemen and younger people, if they're, if they're so inclined, can come and sit down and have a nice cup of tea and stare out to sea and we take them in scones and, and little trays and sandwiches and things. You want to do afternoon tea, I'd really, be quite don't good you? at afternoon I'd on be the very good at morning break. I'd be, I saw yesterday... I came off a Twick, and by God, we've got some rubbish at Twick and getting on the train. There's a girl walking down to the station. She's going mm. down. What's she holding? Two pieces of toast with jam on. I mean, how thick do you have to be? But she wasn't and at King's Cross Station. No, it? this is at Twickenham Station, <laughs> running to catch the train. She's eating one piece of toast with jam on it, and I thought, oh, my God, oh, we know what you are, love. I could just do toast and jam. Yeah, but not running down to catch no, a train. No, 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 I thought here would be what nice. What are these people like? Oh, people do eat on their way, don't they? But not people, toast. It's like people I see when I'm standing at the bus stop in the morning, you see people in their cars, and they're putting yeah. on their makeup. Oh, this woman sat next traffic. to me on the bench yesterday. I'm waiting for the Graham to come back, because I got an earlier train. And uh, this woman proceeds to empty the handbag out and do the makeup. And I, I looked at her a couple of times, and I wanted to say, why don't you just get up early, love, and do your makeup at home? Yes, this is they... just disgusting. What do you expect me to do? Perhaps I'll bring an ironing board. <laughs> yeah, you know, do start ironing. ironing on the Quite station. Quite funny, actually, to do that. But people do put their makeup on. But well, intensely shouldn't. on the tube sometimes. They shouldn't. They're putting on powder and they're looking yeah. really, really carefully into their compact and doing their eyes and they do a little bit more. And you... it's, I find it's all very distracting when I'm trying to read my newspaper. Yes, paper. I find it very distracting as well. It's, it's, not, uh, it's, it's, it's not good. It's not good at all. Uh, other stories in the papers today. They've got a picture of... Um, it's very interesting. They're talking about a new expedition to Everest. And they print a picture, one of the most fascinating pictures I've ever seen in my life, of George Mallory. George yes. Mallory uh, went with a British Everest tree, tree, uh, team sure. in 1921. Uh, in, in 1999, 75 years after his death, they found his body. It was under the snow. Yeah. And there's a picture there. It doesn't have the head... But that's his uh, body left yeah. with, with a hand. Yes. Because when the snows melted, it revealed his, his body. 75 years after he died. And so the body must have been quite intact because it was frozen. It was in very good condition, mm. except for the head. 
which I think eagles well, or something else must have eaten. But I mean, but quite amazing, really. Quite amazing. I mean, there is some man, I think he's going to climb Everest uh, barehanded. He's one of these people who climb up, but he's going to do it, I think, with um, a parachute strapped to him. Yes. So if he falls off, he'll parachute down. Yeah, but like being on holiday on the beach. Have you seen these people who climb outside a building with their bare hands? I feel oh, yes. sick watching them. I know. I, I've never had a desire to, um, oh. to climb anything, really. No. I mean, I do climb the stairs here or yeah, but, things but, like yeah, that. Yeah, but you do it at a push, don't you? <laughs> yes, you're not, I do. You're not great. If they, they'd be, turn them into escalators, it'd be so much better. <laughs> but I don't understand how, you know, you, when we have sort of a, a rush of bad weather, which we are not having at the moment because the weather's superb. Yeah. But, you know, you suddenly see on, the, on, the, on a news story, you know, two people in uh, up Ben Nevis, the weather had been, t- yeah. you know, it's going to be a great storm, it's terrible, and then they go climbing yes, in the I afternoon. Know, I know. Are they quite mad? It's a mission. It's a mission. People, people do things because they're on a mission. Dawn was on a mission the other day to find some pine berries, because mm. I can't find the blooming things. Pine berries? Yes, these are on sale in Waitrose. They found them uh, at John Lewis Food Hall in Oxford Street. I think actually Hubby found them there. And they're a bit like strawberry and pineapple. Oh, what, a combination of the two? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I thought you'd like the sound of this. Yeah. Well, she has found out where they're supposed to be selling them, and there is one at Richmond. Well, I'm going to have to go down to Richmond later on today and go and try, because I don't have them in our one. I've been round it four times, do, and our one is bigger than Richmond. Do try not to buy ten. Just buy one punnet and see if you like them. Oh, one. Say, oh. What are you going to do with the other ten? Yeah, but what happens if you... All right, you, you buy a punnet. Put yourself in my position. Yes. You buy a punnet, you, you, you sit on the bus you. home, and you, and you go... They're nice. You've got to get off the bus, go back down to town and buy another ten. I hope you're not going to eat them on the bus, because you just complained about the girl eating her jam marmalade sandwich. Yeah, but that's different. That's the kind of thing you don't eat on a bus. But I think you could sit there and casually nibble a strawberry. <laughs> Do you reckon? We had a girl, I told you, ages ago, sitting us next on the bus, and she opened up this polystyrene container and started eating a burger. Oh. So I looked over and went... <coughs> anyway, she put it back in the box again. Perhaps that, people eating stinky food on the bus. I think that's the next thing that will come in. They stopped uh, sm- drinking on the on, yeah. on, on the uh, transport. Oh God! For the eating vile. food is it? Coffee's vile this morning. You see, you should, the hot chocolate's much better. Yes, I, I just didn't feel like a hot chocolate. I feel it, it probably tastes vile because I've had two Satsumas or Clementines. Yeah. Strange combination. Oh my darling, oh my darling. Um, uh, Bob says, if you want to be a real smarty pants, ships are not weighed; they weigh the water they displace. Oh, it's getting very complicated. Well, it's far too complicated now. <laughs> yes. I thought that as they put them together, they take the weight of each piece of steel, each table that they put in, each oh. thing, and then say, well, the combined weight of all that is 166,000 tonnes. Yeah. Then you put all the people on. That's like weighing yourself in the doctor. I mean, normally you have to take all your clothes off. I mean, I insist <laughs> when I go into the doctors. You know, there's people going, he's taking, he's taking his clothes off. No, if you leave them on, Stephen, that's fine, and we'll just weigh your clothes separately. No, no, no. I want to take everything <laughs> I off. I want to be naked. I want to be <laughs> naked on your scales, and I want you standing in front of me, moving the weights along. Because <laughs> only in the doctors they have the old-fashioned scales. And what, I breathe the big in. Ones, you I mean. breathe in when they do them, thinking it's going to make me lighter. <laughs> it's How not that. How stupid though. is that? Don't you remember that you used to go to? Uh, you used to be able to go to a chemist, didn't you? You used to put a penny in, and it would weigh you. You can still do that Those now. Big, big, big weighing scales. Though. Twenty p. It's Gives 20p, you a printout. A printout. Yeah. Why would you need a printout? In case you forget. <laughs> what? I sometimes that you get weigh off ten there. stone four. Yeah, I sometimes get off the scales, walk to the door, and get. <laughs> I can't remember why. <laughs> So have to go back again. Have you got weighing scales at home? No, I haven't. <laughs> they're in the boot of the car. <laughs> Along with the, everything don't know, else. Don't ask me why they're in the boot of the car. <laughs> this, this one even I can't explain. <clears throat> I've got no idea but why they're in the boot of the how car. How long has it been in the boot of the car? What, the scales? Mm. A little while. How long? Well, a bit, bit longer than the light bulbs. <laughs> 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 of which you can't move. 
Isn't it? Well, when... Now I've got candles in there as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's worth looking at. Yeah. Getting low on and, candles and a big, at home. And a big jar, jar of jelly beans. <laughs> that's very good for Just you. It's hopeless, isn't it? Steve, uh, I, I bought some bits with my debit card in Iceland today. The cashier asked me if I wanted some ash back. All the old I ones like are the that. best. It's an old one, but it's, it's a good one. But I'm slightly volcanic dashed out. Why do African elephants have big ears? I've no idea. Because Noddy refused to pay the <laughs> ransom. We're obviously going to go down I want this to know route why. Today. I would like to know why they have big ears and why the Indian elephants have the smaller ears. Yes, I why? Think it's, I don't know. How I did they evolve it's... to have that? Same species, different continents. How yeah, did that they was evolve? a mystery hour question, yes, it was. It? What was, was the it? answer? What was the answer? And apparently it's hotter, uh, and the big ears, so they flap to keep themselves cool. Why? And it's not hot in India. Well, they, have, they don't have as much heat as they've got in Africa. And also, I find that very hard to believe. Well, I've just made it up. It's you just have rubbish. just made that up, haven't you? It's rubbish, I'm sorry. Like I, I weighing don't... ships. No, I, the weighing <laughs> ships is right. I'm pretty certain. But when anyway. you weigh yourself at home on your weigh-ins, don't you sometimes look at it and go, is that right? The floor must be uneven because you weigh no, more than you do. No, I just seem to... Th- I, I sort of go... I go through a phase mm. of when I think... I, I know what I'm... I don't know what I'm supposed to weigh, actually. Well, lighter I, than I am. Yes, much, much lighter. I told you she yeah, well, told me... It doesn't have a big deal about it. Not, not much, much lighter. She told me... A little bit. I was too stone overweight. Well, that's I'm, different. You're clinically obese. I'm I mean, svelte-like. I'm a, a sylph-like thing. <laughs> compared to you. <laughs> too stone? Too stone overweight. She's mad. Was she, was she drinking? Well, she should be. Quite I thought to myself, I will, I'd look terrible if I was too stone lighter. Right, we have to take a short break for the news. OK. Uh, don't forget, Nick Ferrari is broadcasting from the Battle Bus. Uh, Barking and Dagenham is going to be today. Andy Heyman will be reviewing the papers. They've got, uh, oh crikey, all sorts of people, including Margaret Hodge and uh, Simon Marcus and Dominic Carmen. So all the candidates will be down there. Uh, plus they're talking about Sikh police officers because uh, they've said you've got to take your turban off when you're working because it could be dangerous. Alcohol addiction. Morning, everybody. It is lovely to have your company. It's Friday morning. It's LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. And uh, Sunday is going to be the hottest day. It's going to be the hottest day. Up to 20 degrees, which is good news. Uh, More after the news, which is coming up very shortly. Don't forget, Nick's out on the battle bus. You can go down and wave. He's down there in Barking. We'll let you know exactly where it is a little bit later on. He's got all the guests down. We go through more of the uh, morning papers. And... um, and the debate. Plus, of course, we take all your texts and emails. 84850 steve at lbc.co.uk. Here comes the news. No, no there's no hope no at hope. all. Anyway, nice to have your company, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Friday. And uh, the big debate after last night, which they were talking about in LBC. Nick is out in the battle bus this morning. He's down in Barking. Already, the bus will be in position. And uh, Nick will be in makeup now. Last week in makeup. Sorry, he doesn't wear makeup, Nick Ferrari. He will for he, this. Now he's missed my shirts for the last two weeks. He yeah. or, Nick always comments on what I'm wearing. Yes. He sometimes he says I look ridiculous, and sometimes he says, "Oh, nice shirt, John. I yeah. like that." But I watched that debate last night, and I I know you you haven't seen it all. But I'm in bed. You're in bed. It wasn't on quite early. It was on eight thirty. I'm in bed at six. Do you know what was quite funny about it? I don't know who was doing. I can't remember now who who it was. But the woman that was doing the commentary, mm. you know, the the, the, the voice, of, she was like a child. I thought we were watching X Factor or or one of those things. She was like, oh, 
guess what? There's only a minute to go, a minute to go. And I thought to myself, a minute for what? Three people standing up trying to get a job. Yeah. It's a job interview, isn't it? I thought Adam Bolton was very nervous. Yes, he was. But I thought Gordon Brown looked the most relaxed. In fact, Gordon Brown looked like he was Not sort of... Not going to the polls. No, I know they haven't. But he did look very, very relaxed. And I thought, he looks like he's going to sort of sit down and put his feet up and say, oh, you lot get on with it. Yeah. And, and uh, the interesting, the positioning, how Nick Clegg yes. is now in the middle. Yes. Yeah, now, so it's all very carefully worked out. And uh, because apparently it's just str- strategic as to where you are positioned. They had a thing the other day. I turned on the BBC. Mm-hmm. And there's Andrew Neil. Yes. And he's at Central Hall, Westminster, mm-hmm. which is where I've worked on numerous occasions. And, uh, and it's meet the MPs, and a young people's panel can question the MPs. Yes. And so I'm sort of watching this, and these are young people. And who do they bring in? Lembit Opic. And I'm thinking, all young people have been knowing is, excuse me, you went out with a cheeky girl. Yes, you did. And you're a bit of an idiot. What the hell are you doing on the BBC on children's programming? I found it absolutely... Was that a children's television programme? Yes, it was a children's television programme where young people question MPs. The only thing I'd be asking is, why are you such an idiot? How young were these people? About uh, 13. Oh, right, so they were really young, so getting the voter early. Yeah, but Lembit Opic... It's, it's a more impressed if they got the uh, the prime minister down it's there. Does a thirteen year old really care? No, of course they don't. But they, but most schools now have a debating society. Yes. We had it at my school when I was thirteen, fourteen. That man's a little bit too close. To yeah, a little bit, a little bit close. too close. Especially <laughs> with that garlic the night before. But uh, uh, I must mention there was another thing. I, I was flipping around the dial the other day, and I did hear a, another radio station, and I was intrigued because I've heard this woman before. You mean there are others, apparently, sir, but uh, they're of no consequence. And this woman. At the end, they went, oh, thank you to whatever her name was. She's from Six Music. I thought, thank God we're axing it. Because what she was doing is she was doing a rundown on entertainment news to Mm. the presenter, but she was reading it off a piece of paper. And she was reading it badly off a piece of paper. It's supposed to be a conversation between... So if I say to you, so what's the flight situation coming back from from Grenoble or something like that, you just say, even though you've got the the information in front of you... I never have anything written down. No, but I would say, but if you had the information there on flight times in and out, you'd be going, well, well, there's one at about 20 past 11, there's one at six minutes past two, and so on. She was reading it word for word. It was so awfully done. I couldn't believe that the presenter had even let her on the programme. Another one I've got a right to complain about. I just spend my life complaining. I am outraged of Twickenham. <laughs> well, you've always been outraged. But last week... Of everywhere. Now, you remember, some weeks ago, three weeks ago, yes, John was, was here early on a Sunday morning. Easter Sunday morning. Easter Sunday morning. And he wanted early breakfast. So he walked around, and the only thing... For an hour. For an hour, half, poor soul. In the cold. In the cold. Yes. So... God and for dark He glasses. couldn't find anywhere to have breakfast. He did actually end up at the Strand Palace Hotel, up yes. at the end of... The strand. Uh, on the strand. On the strand. <laughs> and and uh, he, he, he couldn't get breakfast, breakfast there. But because I was told yeah. that they didn't allow... I had to have a room in the hotel. Yeah. Well, s- since, since then, we've discovered that you don't have to have a room and anybody can go up and have breakfast there. So we thought we'd go and try it last week. And we did. It's £15, per head. whether you have buffet or... Whatever. Or the continent. You can have anything you like it's a for £15. Pounds. It's, it's a set rate. So you can just walk in off the street. We went up there last week and stuffed our faces we for did. £15 pounds each. My cholesterol went to 473 when we came out. I got an came walking out. back over the bridge, but I didn't walk. I got the bus. 
Yes, I did walk down yeah. to the tube. But it was a lovely spread. It's very wasn't good. It? If you if you're in town and they open, I don't know what come what time six thirty. Six thirty. They said, and they had you know the sausages, scrambled egg, tomato, all the usual stuff. Yeah, and a wonderful selection of yeah. fruits. But eat whatever you like. Eat all you want. So good. If you're always looking for business for or you know hotels do yeah. give a wonderful. I thought fifteen pounds was quite reasonable. Yeah, because we'd we'd been the week before to Joe Allen's. It was 115 pounds. <laughs> we had spent a bit more in there. Mainly because John got carried away with everything. What did I order? I can't remember, but it was very expensive. <laughs> I think we actually ended up spending about 47 pounds in yes. there. No, there was no we about it. It was you. You spent the money. Well, I, I just sat there. Yes, you're it. right, actually. <laughs> I, I did spend the money. You did. Yeah. So, anyway, so do, do go and try the hotels. But we, we liked it. We thought for 15 quid it was good. Very and good. Especially value. as you can just keep going up there. You don't have to have. They just come over to the table and change your. Give you a nice pot your of tea. tea. Stuff like that. Well, a lovely pot of tea. Yeah, we thought it was very good. I like it. Do like a pot of tea. Happy St George's Day from Clive in Sri Lanka. Just St George's Sri Day Lanka, today. Yeah, I thought it's tomorrow. What well, St George's Day? Isn't it tomorrow? No, it's today. It's today is yeah, it? definitely today. Oh. You'd never know it, really. No, we don't do it, do yeah. we? Really. Mike says perhaps the speed gun that you mentioned relates to the many boats on the islands. The Silly Islands. That's where most of our flowers come from. You know, a lot of flowers come from the Silly Islands, don't they? Daffodils and stuff like that. I'd love to live there. They did a. Island Parish. What do you mean they come from there? You mean they were created there? Grown. Grown? Yeah, they have a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of growing of flowers. Oh, it's a very beautiful, beautiful place. Like being in the Caribbean. But it's empty, though. What, the islands? Well, apparently, Jay Louise mm. says it's quite empty. It's, and they, the BBC did a, cars. A, a reality show mm. called, I think, Island Parishes. Mm. And, and there's nothing, but everybody knows everybody's business. I, Hopeless for us. I did a, oh, yes, you couldn't for do. us, we wouldn't do that. I did a television programme there. People knocking on your door at seven o'clock at night, wanted to come in for us, wanted me a quick pick-me-up. I learnt to windsurf. Sorry? I did a With television programme. Are you serious? I How did. big was the board? <laughs> Don't be so rude. <laughs> well, you are two stone overweight, John. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I, managed to, I managed to get up. <laughs> On the third day. Oh, isn't that... Well, on, the, on, on the board? board. Yeah, and did... Did you have to hold the thing and then you pull it and then you fall backwards? Yeah, but you've got to position your feet in a perfect... God, I bet the fallout perfect. from Why? the wave must have been astronomical. Shallow water. Shallow, Shallow water. Yeah. Freezing cold. But I made it look all hot like you do on television. It's all pretend, pretend. But I did get up on this and the guy that taught me was very, very good. Well, he was good on the first day. Yeah. He was a bit exasperated by the third day. But it was <laughs> lovely. Fantastic restaurants. And lovely white sandy beaches and oh. crystal clear water. I could sit on a very beach nice. now. I was reminded the other day, we were talking about swimming, and I said, when, I, when we were in Hong Kong, I used to swim all the time. Every day go swimming. I said, and all I remember is getting mouthfuls of salty water. But now... You were three. Sorry? You were three. It wasn't three. Three and a half. It was nineteen six. I was ten. <laughs> careful now. I was... Well, anyway, whatever I was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was about... Ten or eleven, I think. Oh, okay. I can so still you, get into the trousers. Were you wearing the water wings? Sorry? Even at ten. I didn't have. Excuse me. I was like a gazelle <laughs> in the water, being pursued by a lion, a seal. <laughs> I bet you were more like what? What was the woman that did the thing in the swimming pool Esther in Hollywood? Williams. Esther Williams. I didn't look like Esther. I, I, never, had a a bright, I never had a, a red. I bet you thing had on. a hat with flowers on it. I didn't sew. I bet you did. I was I was under. <laughs> I could open my eyes underwater. My father would cup his hands together. I'd stand on them, and he'd throw me in the air. And then I, I dive into. I was like, I was like water boy. You sure he wasn't trying to drown you? Possibly, yes. <laughs> Nutting well, fact, your mother. He used to throw me. I'd come up, and they'd all vanish. They'd all be running up the beach, <laughs> you know, running away from. I go, Mum, Dad, <laughs> so come you're back. A, you're t- trying to tell everyone now that you're an amphibian. I, well, I, I haven't been swimming for some years, mainly because I think it's unfair at my age to go to swimming pools Why? and inflict the fact... Well, there's a lot of people struggling with going up and down with water wings, and I would be like the gazelle <laughs> underwater, you know, one length of the pool, two lengths of the pool, surface, plie, jeté, <laughs> and then back under the water again. 
Autumn music. Autumn. <laughs> I, I can do choreographed <laughs> rubbish, isn't I it? I love swimming. Oh, me too. I love it. But I, I do I, it all I just, the time. It's unnecessary at my age. It's uh, 16 minutes past six. Here's the headlines. It's Sam Pittis. Morning, Steve. Crucial economic growth figures will be released later on. Talking of elephants, I love the story of the elephant walking through through the jungle. The little mouse comes and sits underneath and looks up. And the elephant looks down and goes, you're small. And the elephant goes, and then the mouse goes, I've been ill. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's, that's sweet. Very you see, sweet. that's, you know. Aren't elephants frightened of mice? Well, <clears> they <throat> used to be, they, because it was in the film Dumbo. And they, well, they, they stood there and went, oh, a mouse. And, of course, people aren't scared. We used to have them in our building. What, my, mouse? Mice. Mice. Mises. I'm not scared of mice. Why can ma- mice come into my house? Do you? Well, because... Well, oh, don't let them in. <laughs> well, they, they come what, in. Well, they're families. No, no, any little baby, like, farm mouses. That, like, little field mouse. Not big, big rat things. Well, how do you know? Well, where <laughs> are they? They just, what, they just <laughs> sort of knock on the front door and you <laughs> let them in? Well, they're just kind of a... You know, if you leave my French windows from my bedroom, go on to my garden... We're dealing with such a rich person <laughs> here, ladies and gentlemen. It's not in anywhere near in that list. Oh. Um, but uh, they, they open, my bedroom opens onto the garden, which is lovely. And in oh, the how summer, how rich is this, ladies? It's just in well, the some of us only dream of a garden. The light billowing of the curtains in the oh, room, the summer Lord breeze above. comes through as you awake. Yes, um, and the light—it's beautiful. And occasionally, a little mouse will come in, but a little baby really? mouse, a little field mouse, and you just shoo it out. There was a spider in my hall Whoa. last night. Quite no, big it was. No. I put it on a piece of paper and I put it out in the front Oh, I garden. hoover them up. Oh, you're so evil. I do I put it on up. my tulips, which have come up beautifully oh, in my front no, garden. Oh, no, I hoover them up. I'm terribly sorry. I don't kill anything. I, I don't kill, kill it. I just hoover it up. Uh, Noreen says, Morning, Steve and John. Hope you're well. A bit of John is shattered after the last week or so. It's been tough, oh, but I'm moans. still surviving. I haven't moaned. She says, Can you wish Jay, Louise and Holly, the news and travel presenters, all the best for their forthcoming weddings? Yeah, they're, they're pleased it's all sorted out. Jay Louise was worried. She had relatives coming in today from South Africa yeah. uh, on the husband's side, and uh, they might have had to have changed everything. But luckily, it's going ahead. Yes, well, all the flights are... Mostly the fl- flights are up and running. You should check yeah. on the day of departure, if you've got a reservation, uh, that, that your flight is operating, because it's still a little bit... Yeah. There are a few flights that are not, not going, but most of them are up and running. But don't go to an airport no. if you haven't got made a reservation. Yeah. You have to have a reservation first. They will just turn you away. Yeah, they'll just go, turn away. Turn away. Turn away, they'll, they'll say to you. <laughs> oh dear I love this one here Graham says Ringo did write songs on his own with the other three in the Beatles he never wrote anything with Lennon and McCartney as far as I remember do we know that I mean I'm the I'm the knowledge Beatles expert round here Lennon McCartney and Star I don't think so no well it would be Starkey Starkey yeah yeah, I don't think so. No, it was all Lennon and McCartney. Whereas George and, Harrison uh, did he doesn't write get music, a percentage of their royalties at all. George Harrison wrote music. Yes, but but mainly it was Lennon and McCartney who wrote everything. There might have been a couple of things where they probably like like the Spice Girls are down as writing all their songs. Strange that they can write them when they're all together and yet singly write nothing at all. No, didn't she write something though, Victoria? Oh. With um, no, a rap singer, I think she did yes, write she did, one actually, song. Yeah. Well, they put their name to it. They only have to actually write one line. Yes. Oh, exactly. That then then that becomes. You, yeah, you wrote you, that song, like Robbie Williams. Yes, you And Down the Waterfall was that one line yeah. from, uh, from Angels, <laughs> poor soul. <laughs> elephants with big ears. Africa, a larger area. Elephants need to hear each other better, says uh, Julian. I'm not sure about that no, idea. <laughs> it sounds quite plausible. I, I like should, it. I and the big ears increase the surface area, and so body temperature remains lower. Yes, I do think it's a temperature thing. Yeah, you think it's doing We'll have temp- to speak to James O'Brien about this, because he knows everything. Well, James O'Brien? Yes. 
Yeah, but he'll remember it for the duration of the pro. He won't remember afterwards. He will. He must write things down. No, he does I'll tell you what was no. quite, quite interesting. I listened to Nick Abbott on a, a Saturday when I'm after Christo. I watch uh, the, uh, the end of Christo and then into Nick Abbott right. at 10 o'clock on a Saturday night because I'm going to work. And it was, he was talking about last week's debate... And there was a caller on the programme who phoned up and said, you know, everybody's going on and nobody's listening to what anybody's saying, but it's all about image and how you look and, you know, the way you move and the way you mm-hmm. present yourself and everything. And she said, I was listening to it on the radio. Yeah. So, therefore, all of better. that was... And I did that last night when I was... I didn't listen. I was not purposely not looking at the screen to see what they look like because it does make you form a different opinion you're looking at you know whether their collar's not right yeah. and stuff like that which you do automatically but if you listen to their voice so if you're a blind person you're listening you can tell more by listening to somebody's voice mm, than more. anything else so you would build up and margie would still work out the fact they're all telling fibs they'll <laughs> yes. tell you any old waffle because as, as somebody's pointed out on numerous occasions they'll stand up there they'll promise you their grandmother will come around and cook for you if they think they're going to get your vote and that's what it's coming down to. It's coming it down to, will you vote? Because once they're in, they go, well, of course, our hands are tied. Can't oh, that exactly money's not there this. anymore. Yeah, the money's not there because we've had to do this. But don't worry, it's on the thing. And also, Granny can't come round because she's a bit arthritic now and she's lost the apron and she can't cook and she can't bend over and she's on a government skip. Because they're all doing dirty tricks. It, all you have to do is try and work out which... Put it this way, I would, I would think... If you're a Labour voter, you'll always be a Labour voter. If you're a Conservative voter, you'll be a Conservative voter. If you're a Lib Dem, you'll be a Lib Dem. Or if you're a floating voter and you really can't make your mind up, you're no blooming use to anybody. Oh, well, because, frankly, you just dip, dip dither. sky blue. Well, people dither, don't they? They go, wait a minute, I've voted Labour all my life. Now I think I'll vote, you know, Ashwari or something. <laughs> you know, and you think, why? Why would you change your allegiance? Well, people do change, though. Uh, but people do change, and it's all. And not nowadays, very loyal, is it? Well, it's not very loyal, but but nowadays politics is a lot of it is about personality and about how people look. And Tony Blair started that, didn't he? With all his schmaltzy, you know, sort of. I don't care what they look like. You don't. You don't care. No, it doesn't. But it, people do I care. Want, what I've they look said like. a million times before. All I want, same as anybody else out there, I don't want any more of this knife crime. I'm sick to blooming death of reading about people being stabbed or shot in chicken shops or anything like that. I want that out the way. I want some serious sentencing going on here. Like the other day, mm. the lad who threw the egg at David Cameron, a Twitter the First Order, a person of limited intelligence, and there was no charges pressed against him by David. I'd have had him in court and he'd have been in a, a juvenile detention centre for a month. You know, let's teach these people a lesson. Yes, don't because, frankly, there is no deterrent in this country. You can go out there, <clears throat> mug somebody, drop your baby, swing it round by its head, and you get two years in prison. Yeah, but... You know, they were thinking about bringing back national sub- national subscriptions. It? Service, it? national service. National service. Oh dear, half these people wouldn't better go in there at all. I know, but it would do them good. They, would, what, what, they wouldn't know how to do it. I've seen programmes on the television where they take people and go, we're going to try and make you. Do you remember they actually took a load of people and went from ladette to lady? Yes, I think. They were still as dreary when they finished they the were, end of it. Actually. You can't make a silk purse out of a sow's ear. No, you can't. And they also had some other people, some lads who came from inner city, like there's apparently big problems in a city. Self-made, of course. And um, and they took them round, the only black farmer in the country, and a television programme where he was saying to them, listen, let's get you back into sort of getting out there in the field. Half these people couldn't even get up in the morning. Of course they can't. What's the point? Because, it's, because well, the life is different they're, now. They're teaching them skills there. They're teaching them to try and be of value, to try and do something, as opposed to getting up and going, like that woman in the paper with the family. They don't work. They just sponge off the state. There's no reason why she can't work. She's just bone idle and fat. You know, but you're fat and you still work. <laughs> 
I'd get a lot of work, actually. Exactly. I, I can't understand why you'd want and to lie in bed. be careful. In... Sorry? Be careful or I insist that there is a photograph of both of us. But you've told New. me you're too... St- I've not been told I'm too stone overweight. Because when they start <laughs> saying to me, and you're, I put, la, 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 I don't hear it. <laughs> well, I don't believe it. <laughs> yeah. I'm too stone well, overweight. Well, I don't believe you're too stone overweight. I took my cufflinks off and I weighed just a little less. Oh, here we go, honestly. Yeah, because they're solid gold <laughs> ingots. That's why. But it, it is this... this thing that people get into, they go, why should I work? I can make more money on the dole. Take away the dole. Take away the... I tell you what, do as they're doing in Sweden. You know, you, we're not giving you any benefits. You either go back to school to learn a trade, or you're out to work. If you don't do that, we're giving you no benefits. Over here, you get yourself up the duff and you've got benefits. And that's exactly what, what should happen. In fact, there was those two boys who went to prison yesterday who killed that guy in the park yes. for £100. Yeah. Because they'd been robbed of £100. And they yeah. killed that poor boy. And they've both gone to prison. Oh, there's some cases which are going through the court at the moment, which we can't even discuss, which are so horrendous, you think, I'm sorry, dear, if there was hanging, we'd be stringing you up now. These people don't deserve to live. They're just, they go out, they get tanked up on drink, which they can't handle, and they I see it every morning. Most mornings, walking through Leicester Square, there are people either slumped in the alley down here, people being sick at the, I mean, it's just not pleasant. (coughs) And yet, years ago... People came out on the town. They went out. They had a nice time. Dressed up. They dressed up for it. Went out. People had a nice time and enjoyed themselves. Nowadays, it's all bad-tempered people. And what are you looking at, mate? Yeah. What are you, you looking at me? And nobody looks. And I, at it. Nobody smiles at anybody no. anymore. You, no, you looking really at me? Don't. Yes, I am looking at you. What are you looking at me for? I don't know. Is there, is there a camera on me? <laughs> is this candid camera? Yeah, but you could say because you're terribly attractive. <laughs> yes, but then it goes the other way, doesn't it? Yes, and you get a smack in the mouth. Yes, exactly. You can't win. You cannot win nowadays. Because. There's so many... You've only got to turn on the Kyle show and any of those oh. programmes of that ilk to realise that there are people who behave badly and we make celebrities of them. But there are... For all the bad ones, there are wonderful, wonderful people yes. that do fabulous I know. things. And I want to go and, and I, live where they are. Yes. Thank you very I much do. indeed. You met my neighbours. Yeah, well, I've, see, I'm, I'm very lucky. I've got lovely neighbours mm. and I know some nice people. I probably know some awful people as well. There's a bloke here in the paper. He's a pub boss, Billy Daly. He claimed for 20 years he was an ex-para who won the military medal. He's a liar. He, does, he hasn't won any medals at all. He made his own war medals. What's the matter with these people? Are they stupid or something? Pathetic. I just, I just find it unbelievable. But he even wore his fake honours and a regimental tie at a Remembrance Sunday dinner last year. What for? Why because lie he's about stupid. it? That's why. You've got to look at him to realise this man's not all there in the brain department. But why, do, why don't people... If, you know, go and do something in the community mm. and earn something. It doesn't have to be a war medal. He said he, he made, made them on a machine, mm. the medals, and you think, you saddo. And doesn't you it belittle little the person? people that went and earned them themselves and got given yes. those medals? 20 years he's kept this fraud going, That's and he silly. said uh, there wasn't any malice intended. No, but you're stupid. You're just stupid. I just can't understand why somebody would want to go and pretend to be something that they're not. It just annoys me that, there, are, as you say, there are people who have actually genuinely earned medals and they march and they fight and they're very proud of it. And then there's stupid people like him yes, who sort boring. of pretends and starts making up fantasy stories. Makes you wonder, if he makes a story up like that, what other lies he tells? Lives in a world of his own. Well, that's the trouble. I, well, I, it's a world I don't want to, to be in. I, I, I really don't. I'm, I'm very worried about these kind of things. We seem to be bringing children up now to tell lies because it gets you in the paper that makes you famous. That's what it's all about. Like Michael Parkinson on... just said that, didn't he? Yeah. He said, everybody I speak to now, well, they don't right. want to be... They just... What do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be famous. See the bloke coming up on Britain's Got Talent this week? He's a Britney Spears impersonator. It's drag act. Oh. And his, his mother has lent him 25,000 so he can look more... Like her? Well, he wants to be like Jordan. He admires Jordan because he, wa- he, he, kn- he knows what it's like to live like a celebrity. 
And I'm thinking, you're deluded, pal. You're deluded. You need to get yourself into the real world. And it's... But they're, they're all over the television, ladies and gentlemen. Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to, uh, to seven. Graham says Ringo wrote two songs on the White Album, one on Abbey Road and wrote one with the other three on Magical Mystery Tour. Yeah, but he's not going to net him 140 million quid, I'm afraid. The royalties would be fiddling on that, you know, unless somebody's going to start playing them around the world. And as most radio stations now are formatted, mm. there is not the opportunity to just play songs willy-nilly. Uh, Alex says, now I'm getting worried. I haven't had a winner in donkey's ages, and Sam has just had his second... In April. Hey! Hacienda. 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 Hey! Hacienda. Hey. One at ten to eleven. No, oh, Which is strange because it started running at nine. Anyway. Ah, <laughs> <boom, boom. laughs> yeah. You've got a whole a whole one pound eighty-two. That'll do. Hasn't helped because your total loss is still eleven pound thirty-three. It all adds up, chipping away, chipping away. Yeah, well that's what I've said to you before. I know. It's well, funny. You're now saying exactly what I said to you weeks ago when what? I said if you go each way, Sam, you'll have a little bit and you go, Oh, I don't want a little bit. Now you're saying to me, Oh, it's chipping away, chipping away. All it away. takes is a winner, as you Wake say. Up, all it like, takes you know, is a winner. Honestly, like my Auntie Enid. Just <laughs> I'm like your flows. Auntie Enid, I didn't expect to hear that. Well you look a little bit like my Auntie Enid. She's in the pyramid. She's been there for 40 years. Yeah, she's in the Pyrenees. It's, it's only because we won't tell her the flights are back on again that she's not coming home. I was going to say, against her will. Every, every day I always text her. She's got one of these sort of phones which just sort of comes up with the first line. I go, the volcano's still erupting, and she just <laughs> happily staying there. <laughs> anyway, Alex had sworn Tigris fourth. Yep. So he lost two pounds. Yeah, well, Total profit, though. Still profit, £5.80. It's going slowly down. If he exactly. has more losers. Well, he has got desperate today because Friday's lost cause for him is the 405 at Wolverhampton, the grey one each way. The grey one. That he says, I know good. I'm desperate. The grey one each way. Yeah, well, the, the grey one also, name of a horse. It doesn't sound like one you want to back to me. Well, it, uh, well, why? <laughs> well, it's why? Well, you know, well, we'll, just... I'll pick the grey one. Exactly. That sounds good. Well, I, I don't like think that. so. No, it's, it's okay. my expertise, I think, uh, you know, I oh, just well, have a feeling for these sort of things. the one winner in a month and my expertise. I won last Friday. It's something about Fridays, I think. It's me. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Lucky Friday. I'm lucky Friday. Exactly that. Well, six race meetings today. Uh, Banger, Chepstow, Newton Abbott, Perth, uh, Sandown and Wolverhampton. Uh, We're going to Sandown. The 145 at Sandown. Bikini Babe. Oh, I see. Bikini Babe. Oh, yeah. Well, it's going to be nice weather this weekend. I'm going to get their bikinis out. I said the moment she passed 87, she's not wearing it anymore. Yes, but you wear it now. Yeah, but that's okay. It fits me. Would you want to wear it in the Pyrenees? (laughs) (laughs) To be honest with you, I've got no idea what she's in. I I think she's in one of these retreats. Hmm. I think it's somewhere where there's an awful lot of monks and nuns and they go there and she's being spiritual. So bikini uh, might not be appropriate. Not appropriate for her, no. Right. Not really, but I mean, you know, she, she's enjoying it. Well, listen, good luck. Well, I don't, luck, I don't need luck. It's, uh, it's expertise. It's all, about, uh, it's yeah. all about picking the winners. It's uh, yeah. getting our heads together in the sports <laughs> centre. <laughs> Do you know, honestly, there is rubbish and there's you picking horses. <laughs> well, I'm just looking forward to my porridge on my Mars bar later. <laughs> Uh, could be a Mars bar today. Ooh. Could be a Mars. Can you cope with the Mars bar? Of course. Yeah. Okay. But it'll be a Mars bar then. And a light bulb. Yeah, and a light bulb. I, take, I took those home uh, yesterday. Actually. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be checking on the desk. You better hide them if they're there. <laughs> no, they've gone. They're, they're definitely, definitely gone. gone. Okay. Well, I think it'll be a Mars bar today. Lovely. I'll, I'll, I'll send. Uh, Jess, I'll, I'll have to come and find one a bit later for you. So you can. My, my beaming smile, uh, smile will keep me going until. Absolutely, then. and that's what we. That's what we like to see. see Thank Steve. you, Sam, very much indeed, Sam Pittis. So. Uh, He's, uh, he had a winner, but um, only one pound eighty-two. Well, it's better than nothing. Oh, uh, that's what I keep saying. If I'm, you've got, we're only playing for fun. Yes, and if you've got, you know, he's got losses. At least every time he wins, he's, you know, if he keeps winning, yeah, you'll get rid of the loss, and something will come out. We are, we are in April, excuse me. <laughs> it goes through to December. Yeah. 
I mean, Alex needs to be worried. Uh, Steve, I did watch the last coach trip, says Margaret. I must say, it was the best and the funniest. Can you imagine being told you've got a bigger bottom than a camel? There were some horrible people on coach trip. This one, absolutely awful. And uh, strangely enough, what really clinched it for me was the people who were voted the most popular couple by their fellow travellers. The prize, and they were horrible as well, the prize was another coach trip. Really? They decided... They, the same company? Well, Is it a private coach trip? I've no idea, but they, they decided they couldn't actually face it, so they donated <laughs> it to charity. It must have been really <laughs> awful. <laughs> so there you go. I'd like and, to see you uh, on a coach holiday. Yes, all right. Well, I think don't it'd be start. great fun. Yeah. Well, I'd like to see you one. If only we could get your huge frame <laughs> into a seat, we'd be all right. I wouldn't want to be sitting next to you, fatty. <laughs> You've got little tiny toilets so on coaches. so rude. Well, I'm just, listen, you're the one who told me. I'd like to speak to Human Resources about that remark. Well, you could if you were employed by this company, but you're not. So there you go. That's I'm true. going as well, picking on me every week, <laughs> phoning me up, sending me text messages. <laughs> Anne-Marie says, African elephant's ears are bigger to disperse the heat on the plains. Indian ones live in forests where big ears would get damaged. Big ears? Is that anything to do with nodding? It's nothing to do with nodding, no. Big ears. And elephants don't go on planes. They're too big to get into up the they stairs. They do. <laughs> they also hang upside down in trees, painting their toenails yellow, so when they fall into the custard, you don't notice them. You've been watching too much Disney, and not enough <laughs> David Attenborough. Uh, listen, no, but, believe you me, I'm big, big David Attenborough. Aren't we all? Yeah, big. I love it. My, my favourite shot on his programme was when they did the overhead shot of the blue whale. And you realised how big oh. it was. Just phenomenal. It was absolutely... It looked a bit like you, John, in the bath. I mean, it was just... I mean, we fact, like It would whales. have been easier if they'd filmed you in the bath. They could have saved the effort of going out with a camera crew. I can't get in the bath because I can't get out again because I'm too big. <laughs> do you know, I, I haven't done a bath for ages, which seems awful, but most people nowadays do showers. Oh, I shower. Every and day. yet you cannot sell a house unless it's got a bath in it. No, even though pe- Because a lot of people go, where's the bath? And they go, and actually, we took it out and put a shower in. Mm, not sure about that. But most people do. They do want showers. It is more convenient. Well, it's cleaner, it uses less water, it's more economical, and you can buy showers with seats in. And I quite like this idea as I move into my my later years. It only uses less water if you don't stay in there too long. If you stay in there for half an hour... Can you imagine, though, sitting on a seat in the shower with the... I want, you know, being a, a big drencher on... And I want one of those, you know, and then you've got your shower gels. Oh, that'd be lovely. The one in uh, in Vegas, in the in the Bellagio, I had a seat in it. So rich, but fat, of course. <laughs> so, you know, what would you rather be, ladies and gentlemen? I had a seat. <laughs> in the shower? In the shower. Right. But it also had a, no- a, a thing, and you could a switch nozzle. it. Yeah. And it, all the water then turned it into a steam room. Well, I wouldn't like that. I don't Why? like the idea of not being able to see the outside world. You're only in there alone. Sorry? You're in there alone. You assume a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a double-ended bath. You can both ends oh, of the bath. Oh, your bar. tap's in the middle? Yes. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. It's strange. not a tap, it's a spout that comes out oh, of the wall. Oh, is it? Gosh, you're very and it's posh. got low lighting above the bath. No. And it's set into it, completely surrounded mm-hmm. by beautiful white Sharon clouds. and I went out to have a look at a house a while ago, and uh, it wasn't suitable. The house was lovely, and the garden was great, but over the road was, let's just call it a rough area. And um, But the bathroom there, they had lights set into the bath. Now, this, of course, sold it to me immediately. I, I said to Shannon, I said, it's got lights in the bath. Well, you I could mean, have that. Different coloured lights. Mm. Yeah, but, I mean, I just thought, what a brilliant idea. Why don't you have that done at home? Sorry? Have it done at home. Yeah, well, I, well, I don't have know. Have the bath taken out yeah. and a new bath put in. Yes. With bubbles and jets and things like that. Oh, I gave that away for Christmas presents once. I gave away um, things that create a world. Jacuzzi, it, yeah. Like a jacuzzi bath. My aunt's got one of those. Yeah, it came with a mat and a little mm. outside motor that sat out. It was all a bit messy, really. I don't like jacuzzis. I don't like bubbles. Pe- I don't like hot tubs. Oh, People no, go, I don't either. We have a hot tub and you go, 
Good. Paul, Paul Savory's got one. <laughs> he has, in his garden. And, and it's great. You've got to trudge across the garden to get to this tub in the middle of the lawn. It's not exactly trudging. It's I'd... like up across the terrace. The oh, west, across wait, the terrace. west you terrace. You have to get a donkey, and then there's a Sherpa <laughs> the other end, and then you go on the cable car, and then eventually you get to the hot tub. But the idea of sitting there in the middle of a garden in winter with bubbles coming up from between your legs, my Auntie Enid has been achieving this effect for some years. Also, you need someone standing there with a nice warm blanket or big towel to wrap you in when you sta- get out. Why somebody standing there? Who's this person standing there? Are you going to be naked in the hot tub? No, I'm not. Are you no. wearing I've, pants? When we went to the Ideal Home a short while ago, we, we did look at... They've got hot tubs, and they go from a couple of thousand up to about 15,000, 20,000. Mm. There's six people, and they've got music and television screens and individual moulded seats inside. It's all a bit peculiar, I'm afraid. I'd rather... If I was going to spend £20,000, I'd rather have a, a swimming pool. Yeah, it, yeah, you wouldn't get much of a swimming pool for twenty grand. Well, you'd get a pool... Well, in your case, you just get a puddle, but also it would have to hold your weight. So, I mean, <laughs> that would have to be reinforced sides and everything. It'd have to be concreted in. I'm, I'm, I've got a pond which has got a seat on it, but I can't sit on it because I'm too much... Yes, we too had much a pond, but it's taken out. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly because we had lovely goldfish in it. I told you, and they... Goldfish grow to the size of the pond that mm. they're in. So they start small and get bigger. Yeah, mine have. Until that morning the heron arrived and obviously thought lunch had arrived earlier and just picked them off. Oh, that's so... Well, it's nature, I thought, sorry though, for the it? goldfish... Yes. They didn't know they were going to be. Did they have names? Souls. Sorry, I'm just called them goldfish. <laughs> Did you speak to them every day when you no, fed I didn't. them? No, they're goldfish. For Little sprinkle, sprinkle, sprinkle. I don't talk to things like that. I talk to my fish. Yeah, but you're mad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm a I normal had to talk person. To someone, because the cat's dead. There's no point talking <laughs> oh, to the no. cat. Did you, you see, I, th- I think you can talk to cats, but I don't think cats respond. Another to fish. Well, they certainly don't. <laughs> you. Well, the fish do because they, they actually come up and nibble your fingers if, if you've got koi carp. <laughs> And yes, they, they are. But they just want feeding. All they see is a shadow, and they think, oh, food. In our case, the goldfish came up. Oh, heron. <laughs> Bit of a shame there. Horrible, no. Um, uh, Cheryl Cole has got a boost to her personal wealth. She's really? got £10 million now. Where from? I don't know. The, from singing. I mean, she had £4 million last year, and now she's got... Ten million. That's well, because her album was quite successful, wasn't it? No, she wouldn't make six million off an album. No, she wouldn't. She would probably make six p. Yeah, and apparently, and she's oh, worth... hang on, she got a million pounds for doing. Um, oh, did she? Yeah, you've got to take off tax and things like that. Yes, I know, but this is this is gross worth, not net. Well, strange enough, she's worth ten million, whereas the girls allowed they say as a whole now share a thirty million pound fortune. Last year, Cheryl and Ashley Cole's joint wealth was thirteen million. Yes, yeah, so, hang on a minute though. She also does L'Oreal. One of those hair oh, things. Oh, that's right. Yes, you see, that would be worth that's, it, yes. That's a couple of million. I wanted to do that. Yes. I asked to do the L'Oreal advert. Because let's face it, boys, because we're worth it. <laughs> you know, but uh, I wouldn't have used fake hair. No? I could have used my own. She used fake hair. But I've noticed all these people on the adverts, they've now put up disclaimers. Using fake eyelashes, using fake bottoms. Well, they have to, because yeah. they get sued. Because if you go and buy yeah, the but product... they never used to do that. And then you say, look, why don't I look like Cheryl Cole? Yeah. They'll, they'll say, well, you haven't got your eyelashes on long yeah. enough. You know. It must be very traumatic now, being a girl. I mean, I, I know that sort of Jess, you know, there's nothing false about her at all, and that's why she's sitting she's here in the morning. very natural not and very beautiful. L'Oreal. She's very pretty, Sorry? Jess. Are we looking at the same person here? What is going on today? This is radio. You can't go It is silence. radio, exactly. <laughs> so, at, at the end of uh, the debate yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, we had Brown saying, we do not put our recovery at risk. Clegg saying, let's shape the world around us, and Cameron saying, we must make a clean break. Mm. The one who's, who's emerging as the winner, winners, uh, is, is Clegg and Cameron. Again. Again. Now, that's, a, that's the second time that they've done that. So the British public yeah. are either thinking they've fallen out of love with Labour, or 
They just want a bit more from Brown. They want, obviously, what they're not getting from him. And yet, there must be die-hard Labour fans. It was quite funny. Cameron made a comment. He said, and you won't hear me say this often, he said, but I agree with Gordon. <laughs> and he actually, they actually agreed on something. I can't remember what it was. Will there, there be, though, a Lib Lab pact? We've had it before, in my, in my time. Yes, there have before. Where the, where the, you know, the, the, I mean, I remember, actually, somebody saying in, in the Liberals, go home and prepare for Parliament. And uh, people, so people waited, and uh, nothing happened there. So then there was the Lib Lab pact. Now they're saying in the papers today, the sad Prime Minister Brown limps in third again. Mm. But things can change. It's earlier. Things We've got change. two weeks. It's two weeks. Two weeks. Is it really, yeah. only two weeks. Two You've weeks. Got your to voting go. card through. I've got two. I've got if a you've not got one, a voting card, in, incidentally, one. do go onto the. They're, they're saying now you might almost have left it too late to get things uh, in. You should have done it just to make sure you can vote because we don't want any complaints afterwards from people who go, "Oh, I didn't like that choice." And you go, "Who did you vote for?" Well, I didn't vote. Well, then you can only blame yourselves. You must vote. Not only is it your right, it's your God-given duty to do it. Otherwise, you can't complain for the next few years. 14 to 7. News headlines, Sam Pittis. Thank you, Steve. Crucial economic growth figures will be released later on. Helping you decide. LBC 97.3. 12 minutes to 7 is uh, the time. Uh, Roy Jones down at Millcroft Services. They do scaffolding. What? Uh, They're actually for St George's Day. They will once again be celebrating by serving pie and mash for lunch. Oh, I love pie and mash. Do you? Pie and mash and liquor. Oh, actually, you're right. Actually, yeah, that's right, which is um, parsley sauce. Yeah, well, yeah, it's I not quite. I a secret some reason, ingredient. It's parsley sauce. It's a secret ingredient. It's not so. It's pie and mash, it's... which is just a pie. Thank God it's not eel, <laughs> he says. And we also uh, have a selection of English-produced gifts for all the staff. That's nice. Yeah, but the trouble is, what, what would you give somebody who works in scaffolding? Their own pipe. Insurance. <laughs> Insurance, yes. <laughs> How bizarre. Be a, nobody else celebrates this thing, do they? They well, put it in the papers, no. but you'd never know. No. You'd the, never know. But you all the other countries in, in that make up the United Kingdom celebrate theirs. Yeah. But not us. We're not really into our saint, are we? Well, I don't know why. We should be, really. I mean, in fact, uh, there's free £20 with the Daily Mirror to play on St George's Day bingo. Great. Doesn't sound as exciting, does it, really? I suppose I'd rather go for the pie and mash. <laughs> Down in uh, in Greenwich with Roy and the boys. There's Sounds sto- much more fun. There's a story here. I don't know how when the last time you did this, but tinned food is making a big comeback. Do you know, as a young person in London, you couldn't beat a Frey Bentos pie. Pie. Do you remember those? Oh yeah. You, still, you can still get those. Can't you can, you? but I wouldn't buy them now. Why? They're making a comeback. Yeah, um, an oven. I've got a halogen <laughs> oven, excuse it's me. It's not the same. I cook everything in Frey that. Bentos would be much bigger in a proper oven. Yes, but the trouble is, now you can go and get fresh pies as opposed to a tinned pie. I shouldn't eat pies at all. My cholesterol's at seven. Well, but Frey, Frey Bentos is a, a pie in a tin. It's a pie with a crust, isn't it? Yeah. And underneath it was it was slightly soggy underneath. Yeah. And then you cooked it, it was properly. absolutely ideal student fodder because you'd go and buy a Frey Bentos. Because it didn't beef. matter if you turned it upside down. Because eventually, when you put it the right way up and in the oven, it all just seemed to come together. Yeah, it was perfect. You did it with chips. And they last, of course. Yes, they have food to. last and last and last. And, and they weren't very big, though, were they? You get a bigger pie now. A Frey Bentos pie was quite big. Well, I didn't think it was that big. That's <laughs> because you're greedy. Did you buy the family-sized pie? <laughs> <Yes>. oh, <dear. laughs> but it says that um, baked beans... <laughs> whale size. Sales of... Ba- be careful, you two. <laughs> sales <laughs> of baked beans... Yeah. Uh, are up by 45%. Very bad for you, baked beans. Full of sugar. I know they are. So is... So, am I, so is Pinot Grigio. To be a, yeah, all right. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Let's have a dig at the boy who likes a bit of bit yeah, of Italian. Yeah, a bit of wine. A drop of wine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but... The, the, so the bit... But it's all down to Delia Smith, apparently, 
whose uh, book, How to Cheat at Cooking, suggested that canned meat could be substituted for fresh. I used to have, years ago, made by Tyne, I think it was, and it was minced, mince in a tin, yeah. and you emptied it into a saucepan and it came out as one congealed mass, mm -hmm. and then you heated it up it's slowly. the fat that's keeping it together. Yeah, it was the fat. You could see the fat on the outside. And then you'd heat it up and then you'd pour it over toast. Oh, well, and you'd have sounds... two slices of toast with... Oh, it was delicious. How poor were you? Quite poor in our family. <laughs> that was all of us. I remember once, my mother got, got a kipper and we just looked at it for a week until we decided what to do with it. I love the smell of kippers. Do you? Can't mm, bear them. Cannot bear them. I like tuna out of a tin. Oh, can't bear tuna. How can you not like tuna? the size tuna? of tuna. They're it's as big as houses. They're, tuna <laughs> fish are... In, why are they in such small tins? <laughs> because there's only they're little bits. They're so expensive, tuna, because they go out and fish for them and they're enormous these things they swim in shoals of thousands but this tuna's not expensive because you can get five tins in a supermarket for like i don't know two pounds well, a tuna a tuna haul on a sh on a on a boat it's going to be worth a lot of money. millions oh yes but you can get a lot what they out do of is, it is actually corral them till they've got them in a holding pen and then they go in and then just take them out scoop them out scoop yeah. them out but you millions see, of them you see if you've been watching blumenthal's cooking You'd have watched, you'd have liked this week's one, because he did a meal as if it would be the last meal on the Titanic. It was very good. Damn. You should have seen the dessert that he set fire to. Yeah. And it was absolutely sensational. Not much sensational. point, because now you die. Yes, what would be the purpose? At least you've gone with a good dinner inside you. Yeah? Well, the last bit of thing I'd be thinking about, as opposed to wasting your time cooking it, build me a lifeboat. <laughs> Excuse me. Yes, but it makes could, perfect sense, doesn't it? You could it? say the same thing about the volcanic ash that we've had. You yeah. turn around and you say, look at all this money that this has cost the mm. airlines to put people up in hotels and give them food and everything else. Shouldn't someone have actually sat down and th said, look, can't we build something to go over the front of the ocean, like a net, to protect it from ash? What, of the, of the volcano? Yes. You can't cap a volcano. No, no, they're on the engine of the aeroplane. Oh, right. Oh, I see you to meant. protect it. I thought you meant sort of just perhaps put a, a wooden <laughs> plyboard lid over the top of the volcano and hope that's going to keep it all From in. From Ikea. <laughs> yes, and go, now you pull yourself together, little volcano. It's not, it doesn't no, happen like that. you'll upset the one next door, and then that'll start. Well, that, that, was the, that was the trouble. They were wondering <laughs> whether the magma chambers from the first one would affect the second one, because they sometimes can become inextricably linked. Mm. And if it had, although there's still the possibility... Of course there that is. it could do it. But, but you would think that in this day and age of sending men to the moon and being out, we can't find a cure for the common cold and we can't stop a volcano. I've got a cure for the posh cold. Yeah. Don't mix with common people. Exactly. Yes. Don't breathe. <laughs> I've had a few drivers recently who've had coughs and sneezes. <clears throat> no, I'm not. I'm very well today. Actually, uh, I felt sorry for our driver because he listened to you for ten minutes. And I don't think he was a big fan. Oh, really? <laughs> See, not. <laughs> because you were going on about something and I said... Because I listened to it, obviously, coming in and Dear. doing it. And I said to him, do apologise for this. And he said, that's OK. <laughs> <laughs> Must be Polish. <laughs> anyway, Nick Ferrari is down on the battle bus. He's down in uh, Barking. Andy Heyman will be looking at the papers. Uh, they're looking at, uh, in detail at the, uh, at the area with uh, Lloyd Johnson, Vice President of Barking and Dagenham Chamber of Commerce. Uh, representing the Lib Dems today, Dominic uh, Carman, candidate for Barking. Uh, the Conservatives is represented, or are represented, by Simon Marcus and Margaret Hodge for Labour. All of that and more. Plus, they're talking uh, today about the Sikh police officers forced to take off their turbans when working for the firearms unit. They're saying, can they have reinforced turbans with metal? And the police have said, no, we're not going to come up with this, I'm afraid. Absolutely not. Uh, and they're going to be talking about uh, international relations uh, looking at the leaders and what they came up with last night. And I think most people are going to agree the same. But things can change. I've, I've seen things change at the last minute. I'll tell you what was the one thing that they all agreed on. Mm. All of them. And none of them said anything different. It was identical. 
was about the visit of the Pope. That was one of the questions was, the Pope's coming, it's going to cost X amount of millions of pounds. How do you feel with the, you know, with the Catholic Church and what they believe in coming, and we're paying for this man to come and visit the country? And they all said exactly the same thing. No different. We welcome the Pope. We don't necessarily agree with everything that he produces or says or what the Catholic Church stands for. However, a lot of people in this country uh, are Catholic and they will be happy with him coming. They've hedged their bets on that one, haven't they? and we are a multi-religious country and therefore we should welcome everyone. They all said it. It was as if it was scripted. Yes, yes. I think they have to, as opposed to the Catholic Church has covered up paedophilia within the Catholic Church mm. for donkey's years, but staunch Catholics will say, <clears throat> well, you know, that was then, this is now. Unfortunately, it's still going on. And The Catholic a- Church have brushed it under the carpet, and there will be demonstrations. Yes, there will be. There will be. I know you get staunch, you know, people. For any religion, it doesn't make any difference which religion it is, but they, they very much towed line on that one. Very much towed line. And you have to be very careful if you're going to thinking about going to Bangkok at the moment. Yes. You should not be going to Bangkok. No. I'm a bit worried about Paul Saver. Paul Saver is there at the moment. He's the red there. shirts are out on the streets. Yes, they, they are, yeah. and there have been some violence and everything else. I said the one thing, actually, just I'm leaving, leaving this on a slightly sad note, during the debate last night, there was that rolling thing, and it said breaking news. And it really hit home, because there we were watching these three people talking about immigration and everything else. And then at the bottom of them, it said... Um, the number of people that were killed in the Haiti, Haiti earthquake last year had reached 350,000 yeah. people. Yeah. 350,000 yeah. people. Yeah. Well, there's a, a ban on whaling about to be scrapped. Really? And they, they've now said, the International Whaling Commission are going to unveil plans to legitimise whaling and doing one of the iconic triumphs of the environmental. So thousands of these majestic creatures are going to be slaughtered needlessly, as far as I'm concerned. It's appalling. It's absolutely appalling. That's it. I'm back with you on Sunday morning. John, thank you. Pleasure. John Warren will be back with us uh, very shortly on LBC. Sunday morning, we've got... um, Who have we got? Rick Astley on In Conversation Mm -hmm. and on a Blackman. Plus, I'm here between 7 and uh, 10. Nick, this morning, on the battle bus down at Barking. So he'll be with you after the news at 7 o'clock. Before all of that... Today's business update with Sam Pittis. Thank you, Steve. The FTSE will open after closing down 58 points at 15.